1: Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Support for Armchair and the Saints Happy Hour podcast comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code armchair. All right, everybody, welcome to a special edition of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. This is uh, for patrons. I know we're Saints podcast, and we mostly do Saints and nonsense, but LSU Alabama Saturday, and it's one versus two. And I had to have my boy on, Seth Galena, from different publications, fan-sided and the Valley Shook. Uh, Seth, thanks for joining us. I have to say. This is not LSU or Alabama related. You did a film breakdown of Mitch Trubisky. And when I say it's the greatest film breakdown in the history of Earth, I mean it. You did <laughs> it as a comedy bit. And I believe that if you had the time to do that full time, you could be a mega Twitter star. I saw it like Twitter featured it and it was all over. People were like, Quasi stealing it from you because it was so good. It was amazing. How how did you think of the to to make fun of Mitch Trubisky, and how did you think of how to do that?
3: Well, I mean, it's not that hard to make fun of Mitch Trubisky (laughs) the way he's playing right now. Um, But I just because they were they were playing the Saints, right? So we're watching. I'm watching the Saints game, and I see the sack that Cam Jordan gets, where he just like he's just standing there in the pocket, and Cam Jordan is not blocked at all so I was like you know the day after on the Monday I was like okay hey, I need to go on you know NFL game pass and I don't even care if the if the all 22 is out I'm just going to go rewatch that play and from the broadcast view and then you, you saw it was just you know I, I always say like if, if Drew Brees had done that then and it's possible that Drew Brees makes a few mistakes on one play and he gets sacked and it looks really bad then we just kind of write it off because, you know, the other 99% of Drew's plays are incredible. But when a guy who's, who's as bad as Mitch Trubisky does it, then it's just, it's, you know, it's fodder for, um, uh, for comedy. Right.
2: Yeah. I liked when you said this guy's over, but I don't want to throw to him. I'm not gonna. (laughs) I just had to say that. Um, so, LSU Alabama, and and Andrew, you said um, on our gambling show that we did earlier that people can see it's free, it's lovely, uh, that you are not going to get sucked in to LSU Alabama. You are not going to believe that they are going to win. But, Seth, you seem like – I'm reading your Twitter. You are in a state. You're in my state. You've convinced yourself that this year it's different. LSU's different. Joe Burrow is different. You've you're going into this game believing that something magical is going to happen Saturday. You, you've you're you're going to ignore the last eight years, correct?
3: Yeah, and it's just because I want to. I just want to feel something, guys. Like I want to. I'm trying to. I, I know there's a good chance they're going to lose. Like, I I really believe that this is the best chance we've had in a long time. I think that we have uh, an equal team to them at least. But I'm okay with absolutely convincing myself they're going to win just to feel something when the clock hits zero. Like, I I keep going back to the Vanderbilt game. You know that, like, Saturday, uh, for me it was noon. For you guys it was 11 a.m., you know, in Nashville, not a great looking stadium, you know, half of it was LSU. It was so boring and we absolutely dominated them, but it was so boring that I was like, <laughs> that I was like look, I just want to, I just want these big games all the time. So the best thing I can do for myself is convince myself LSU is going to win. And then if I'm heartbroken, then at least I felt something. At least I was—I I didn't sit down for the whole game. You know, I'm going to be standing the whole game. I'm going to be pacing around the whole game. I just want to feel something.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's going to be different Saturday. If it breaks my heart and I'm Charlie Brown and Alabama's the Lucy with the football, I don't care. I—I'm going to believe. <laughs> But we had you on because you you broke it all down, and you you had an article about um, different things. And Andrew, this is why I wanted to have you on the pass rush for LSU, guys. How are they going to get to Tua? I, I that's my biggest concern. And Andrew, I'll start with you. Like what? Like what do you see that you you're like they got to get to Tua? How are they going to do it?
4: I just feel like consistently when l s u's rush four they haven't gotten there, and that is against the majority of their competition, including a lot of offensive lines that are pretty significantly inferior to what they're gonna face against alabama and we We saw this really throughout the course of the season, but l s u has blitzed a lot, and uh i I think they're gonna have to do that in this game, but when you talk about Tua and if he plays and if he's remotely close to what he's been this year and he's got his array of receivers which I mean it's a lot to contest against and if you're you're, if you're going man coverage and you're going up against those receivers and that quarterback and you're blitzing um, you're leaving your guys on an island and LSU has great great corners they're young uh, they have a lot of talent uh, but we've seen them be a little leaky this year and so when I look at that matchup I mean, the thing is, LSU is going to get killed if they don't blitz, in my opinion. Because if they just rush for and leave a bunch of guys in coverage, they're not going to get there. And it's just going to give Alabama too much time to survey the field. So you bring extra rushers, it exposes you on the back end, and you're going to live and die with the blitz. And there's going to be huge plays made at times. Um, but the thing is, the defense has been inconsistent anyway. So my view is... I, I don't want to see Alabama milk eight minutes off the clock, methodical drives where they're dinking and dunking LSU, and there's just no hope of stopping them. I would rather take risks. That's me personally.
2: Seth, you did a great article about the the tight formation where it's three it's three linemen and they 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 put the linebackers in in the two gaps. And I'm not a film guy, but you you were talking about how Arando was kind of at the forefront of it. What do you think? Iranda is going to do Sort of formation wise And where is Alabama Going to tr- gonna to try to stress him Stress the LSU The defense Meaning they're going to, where are they going to attack them
3: I think, So like the, the tight front that Aranda runs That he brought over um, From Wisconsin that he uh, You know I, who knows who, who invented this stuff but he, he really Kind of brought it into the mainstream It's great against the run, but now you're playing against a team that is going to pass, just like like we do, is going to pass on early downs. And now you're putting it, so it's like, yeah, it's four D linemen, but three of them are between the tackles. And you have one, you know, a Chasen, who, in this season, who's outside, who's kind of your, your one edge rusher. And as Andrew alluded to, we don't get pressure that way. You know, Chasen is not 2016 Arden Key. In fact, he's probably not even 2017 Arden Key. So with only one guy like that on the field, it's, it's really hard to get, um, get the quarterback off the spot and, and make him feel a little jumpy in there. So I was like, okay, well, maybe those go to kind of more of a regular four down where, you know, you have two edge rushers and then two interior guys, and then let's get the two edge rushers going. Now you don't have divinity, so that's a problem. Uh, Is Marcel Brooks ready to go as a full full time, you know, first and ten edge rusher? Probably not. So now you have, and he's like, in terms of like getting to the passer, he's probably better than you know Andre Anthony and and uh, Ray
2: Thornton. Seth, I feel Uh, like you're spinning a wheel and naming names and hoping for a a pass rush miracle.
3: Yeah, I, I. I think that's kind of, I and mean, you know, it's it's really I'm I'm parroting what Andrew's saying, but that's kind of I don't see it happening if they're just going to play base and and rush the passer. Now it could happen where they they, you know, Logan and and Lawrence really get a lot of pressure up the middle that we're not expecting. Who knows? But yeah, if and like Andrew said, if you if you pressure them, if you start bringing people, they're so good on the outside then maybe you get gashed a few times. Now, my thing is, you got to tackle them. And it's easier said than done because they do lead uh, the entire universe in like yards after catch. But I think that would be a good start for LSU is let's just tackle them. Let's force Alabama into situations where if they want to waste the play throwing a bubble pass you know, behind the line of scrimmage, that it doesn't go for 20 yards, doesn't go for, even for 10 yards. It goes for five, and then we live to see a second down. I think that would be a good start for this the defense, team, This team, to me, this team doesn't tackle well, though. So, like,
4: <laughs> when you say yeah. they, they've <laughs> got to tackle well, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. But, but I, I, yeah, I, I hear you, Seth. And I, I, think, I think, again, it goes back to, like, this is a bad matchup for LSU defensively. And that's why I believe LSU loses this game. I I just think the offense for LSU will have no margin for error. So they have to put up points. We know they can, but I think defensively, Alabama is good enough to slow them down just enough to win this game comfortably. So we're going to have to root for shenanigans,
2: Ralph. (laughs) Shenanigans. which,
4: Which you know I love to talk about. So whether that's a random turnover, a drop punt, and that's the thing, like Alabama, they're not a team that makes a lot of mental miscues. They're not a team; they're disciplined. They're they're yeah. not a team that do the things that hurt you and kill you in a game. But you know, you got to hope for a lucky break here, or there, uh, especially early to kind of get LSU in the game. Um, and then, like I said, I think you got to take risks. You got to live with the twenty twenty five yard plays because you you know Alabama's going to get those anyway. And so I think you know, you got to view it from a standpoint of and honestly. I mean, I know this is terrible to say, but I, I think Tua is going to play. I really believe that, and I think defensively, you kind of got to go a little Greg Williams here. And oh, you gotta, Greg Williams! You got to <laughs> tell your guys like, look, look, I got to you wanna... barbecue
2: your ass in my I,
4: I want to see Tua hit. <laughs> and I mean, if you go low and you get a 15-yard flag, I mean, I'm not saying be dirty. I'm not saying like intentionally hurt him, but you got to. I'm not sure saying be dirty. I'm, dirty. Okay. I'm just saying be dirty. I'm just saying kind of be dirty. But but you know, I, I want to see him get hit, and I want to see how he reacts to that. Because if if he's not trusting his leg and he's not feeling great, and he takes a few hits, and all of a sudden he's, I mean, that's, that's the thing when you're playing defense. Like there there's a line to skirt there between being physical and being dirty, and that that's thats football, you know? But, like, you, you want to affect the quarterback. You always do because that rattles them, and then they start to make mistakes. And I just look at a guy that completes 75% of his passes. He, he has 27 touchdowns and two picks on the year. And he, he may be coming into this game potentially not fully ready to play. And I think to the extent you can expose that and take advantage of that, you you have to because this is such a rough matchup. You know,
2: Seth. One of the things I love about Andrew, besides his besides his his meltdowns about his bad gambling in twenty nineteen and the jokes, one of the things I really do like about Andrew is he'll text me during a Saints game. And it'll be subtle things that you don't see in the team. You know, people can say, well, what does LSU have to do? Well, they'll say, well, they have to start. Well, no shit. If it's 17 to nothing, you know, a <laughs> blind person can see it. But Andrew will text me during the Chicago game and be like, you know, the Saints guard and center, they're kicking the Bears' ass without Akeem Hicks in there. So, like, what's something that you're going to be looking for at the LSU? And I'll, I'll get, I want both of you, but Seth, what's one thing you're going to be looking for? The beginning of the game, it's like a subtle thing that fans can look for, and you can be like, "Oh, that's really good for LSU," or "That's terrible." Uh,
3: Maybe okay, maybe two things here. One, so we know that Alabama is very good on the outside, just like LSU is, Um, but they're a little um, green in the middle, uh, whether it's the interior, of the D line, or the inside linebackers. So if we can get I think Thaddeus Moss might be a really big X factor because if we can get him some nice matchups on those freshman linebackers and and if you if they're throwing him the ball early, I think that will help a lot uh moving forward. The other thing is just like if if lSU's first series is not absolutely destroyed by whoever Alabama's you know interior tackle du jour is, then I think where we can move forward with this game. Cause like, and my friend, um, uh, one of the writers for, uh, and the Valley so Jake said, he's like, we haven't had an LSU Alabama game. That's come down to scheme in many years because right off the bat, they're just killing us. The Jimmies are killing our Joes and especially on the interior D line. They're just, they were so good. You know, we're talking Quinn and Williams and, and, uh, Jonathan Allen and all those guys they just get pressure right up the middle right away that it didn't matter what scheme LSU was running they just couldn't they didn't have any time whether it was you know dropping back to pass with Edling or Harris or whatever or uh, even trying to run the ball no time at all so I think right off the bat if lSU can the first three plays can just be solid on the inside I think I think they'll be able to move the ball in. A lot against Alabama,
2: Andrew. What's something you're going to be looking for? That um, good sign yeah, or bad sign? I, I
4: mean, we 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 talked about this a little bit on our gambling podcast. So those of you that listen to that um, will know, um, will have heard me say this already. But I, I just go back to, and I, I love Seth's answer because I agree with him. I I it is different, and it's it's not. LSU is different this year. It's a completely different scheme. It can attack teams in very different ways. And and when you look at who's had success against Alabama Alabama over the recent years, uh, offensively, and the game that Deshaun Watson had uh, to beat them, and uh, you know that that Lawrence had to to beat them. Like you, you you watch like some of those games that quarterbacks have had against them, and that those are the times they've lost where. Their secondary has gotten torched by otherworldly quarterback quarterbacking performances, and that's what it takes to beat Alabama. Uh, because you're not really going to beat them in the trenches, and you're not going to. I mean, Les Miles tried it for a decade, and he he couldn't do it. Um, so you can't be one dimensional. I mean, you have to be multiple. You have to be difficult to guard offensively. And I think for the first time, really. Is certainly in my son's lifetime, but, you know, in the last 10 years, this is the first time LSU is bringing an offense into this matchup that at least forces Alabama to game plan and, and, and have – that poses serious problems that they have to take seriously, I guess. So All right. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing. But I, I just look at the point totals that LSU has scored against Alabama the last 10 years, and, like – I, I, I just think, like, first and foremost, we have to see them put up points. And I don't care if it's 24 and they're going to have to play well defensively, but, like, the, the LSU hasn't broken the 20-point barrier on Alabama in 10 years. Oh, my you know, God. They, yeah, I think I think it was 2009 or 2010 is the last time they what put up today? 20 points on Alabama.
3: Is today the worst day of your life?
4: Yeah. So, I think LSU, I mean, they're shell-shocked. They're... <laughs> They're snake-bitten in this matchup, and first things first, Like it's great that Burrow's having a great year. It's great that the offense is finally ha- having this dynamic element to their game, but they still got to put the ball in the end zone to believe they can beat Alabama, and they got to do that in the first quarter, I think.
2: Seth, I was on Corey Johnson's show today in New Orleans, and he asked me what— LSU had to do to beat Alabama and because I don't because I don't understand football on a level that you and Andrew did I told him I said LSU they need Saban to have three Saban red face meltdowns. You know what I'm talking about <laughs> where he where he screams down a coach or a player and his face turns blood red and it looks like it's just going to burst. They need three of those. So where is Alabama the weakest and they could have a couple of those Saban meltdowns.
3: Yeah, I think it's like I said. I think it's right down the middle. They're not the same team that they've been in terms of the defensive tackles um, that they have in the past. And then without without the any kind of experience at linebacker, that could be a big deal. So I think they're like they're not going to make as many mistakes in the, with the, the two um, interior defensive tackles because they're not like true, true freshmen, but we can at least handle them. I think where Saban will get angry is if the, the freshman linebackers don't pick up an assignment or they, you know, something with LSU. You know, LSU goes in those tight bunch sets a lot, and that's going to force the linebackers to switch on to somebody that maybe they're not used to. That could be a really um, a Saban red face moment,
2: like a like a running back going up the sideline with nobody within twenty yards of him. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah.
3: Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say that like that type of stuff. I'm not in tune enough with what Alabama will do against LSU when they go empty, and that's super interesting also because LSU does go empty for the first time in its history. And they're really good at it. And like I said, now when you go empty, all of a sudden those linebackers got to go out there and play cornerback almost. So that'll be interesting too.
4: Yeah. So just going back to my comment real quick, I'm curious what you think about Seth because you watch this stuff closer than I do. And I I mean, I'm a huge LSU fan, but I don't study them like I study the Saints. I just feel like when you look at Alabama's losses and last year when they lost to Clemson and, and Clemson poured 44 points on him or in 2016 when they lost to Clemson and it was the Deshaun Watson show and he put up 40 35 points on them you know so or, or when they lost to Ohio State in, in in 2014 and it was Ohio State's offense putting up 42 points I just feel like the times Alabama has lost in these major games, it has been, again, these otherworldly performances by quarterbacks. So, like, I, I just don't think LSU's defense is good enough to slow this offense down. And unless this Tua injury becomes a factor, I feel like at minimum, I mean, Joe Burrow has to play one of his best games of the season, and he has to play like a Heisman Trophy winner and lsu's offense is going to have to put up 35 plus points and that to me that's the only path to a win in this game do you agree with that statement
3: yeah i i agree and i but i also think that joe burrow is capable of doing that based on what we've seen the past you know eight games and then if you if you want to even go further back the past um you know uh, 12 games including last season in the bowl game so i think it's very possible i also agree like you, the only way you're doing it is, you know, I think about Trevor Lawrence last year throwing wide side corner routes. And that's what I'll, that's the type of stuff. So, like, you know, there's this great clinic online of Alabama's one of their former coaches talking about how, yeah, we'll, we'll let you throw corner routes all day because that's the hardest route to throw. And then what did Trevor Lawrence do? He threw corner routes and not only did he throw corner routes, he threw them to the wide side of the field, which is like an incredibly long throw. But, you know, Burrow has that type of accuracy. And then when I think about Deshaun Watson, he was just hitting tight window throws down the field, you know, on post, on seams. Again, that's the type of stuff that Joe Burrow can do. So I agree that you need really good quarterback play. I also think that LSU might actually have...
4: Yeah, like, for the first time in, in 10 years. For, yeah, for yeah. yeah. 20 years. Yeah. yeah.
3: No, I, I agree.
4: You know, but I guess... The thing is, like, the margin for error is really small. And so, like, Burrow probably can't get away with playing how he did against Florida and Auburn, which was really good. Like, he played well in those games. But I think he has to play like he did against Texas, you know, to, to be able to win this game. And that, that's the difference for me. I guess that's my point is he's definitely capable. It's just
2: the margin for error is really small. It is, is what Auburn did... Are we gonna see something similar to that, Seth? You think? Because Auburn sort of broke out something different and unique that they hadn't done all year, and people were like, "Oh, it worked. They slowed LSU down." But LSU still had 500 yards of offense, you know. And I, you know, Saban's got something in his pocket that he's been sa- that he's been working on all year, and he's fucking saved it for LSU because everybody knew this game was gonna be huge, among, you know, from the jump. So, what is something? That you think Saban might drop on Joe Burrow that Alabama ain't on all year.
3: So I, I I loved what Auburn did, and like you said, it was a really good game plan, and they still got 500 yards of total offense dropped on them. I don't I don't know if Saban does anything like. I mean, he'll do something like you said. Like he's he's ready for this. It won't be like that 3 thing that Auburn did because I don't think he has the D-line to do that. You know, that Auburn D-line is, is nasty. They, they get after it. So I don't, think, I don't think Alabama has that. I'm just super curious to see how, you know, LSU is, throws the ball so much that teams are, are might do similar things. Like again, I won't look exactly like Auburn, but it, they'll do similar things to stop the pass. Because that's what LSU does now. We, they throw the football. And they're, you know, one of the best. I don't know. like Because the thing with Burrow is they throw the ball down the field. I was looking at the differences between, between uh, Burrow and Tua. And on throws behind the line of scrimmage, it's something like. And I'm getting, I'm getting this totally wrong. But uh, the, the gist of it is right. Um, Tua has like something like 20% of his passes are behind the line of scrimmage and burrow it's only like 8% of his passes so it's like you got to do stuff that you pro- on defense that you only see when you play against washington state you know what i mean but the thing is auburn did all that stuff and then lsu just ripped off like 6 yards per carry cuz there was no one left in the box <laughs> and that's the like so you're going to plan for an air raid team and then they're going to they're just going to gash you uh, up the
2: middle, so I think it's like a damned if you, damn, damned if you, <laughs> damn if you do, damned if you don't. This is LSU hey, offense this year. Um, we kept you overtime. I said to be twenty five minutes. It's twenty eight. Hey Andrew, I know we said we were only going to let this for patrons, but I decided we're we are making this shit free because I, we got to fire up the people for the LSU game. <laughs> so people, go to mybookie.ag, use the code chair and get a hundred percent sign up bonus. I mean, you
4: got you got to do the air horn now.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm a degenerate gambler. I don't have Rutgers to gamble on this weekend, but I'm still going to be going to MyBookie.ag. I'm still going to be gambling like a fiend because I'm a degenerate, but you can go there and get a 100% sign-up bonus and use the code CHAIR, MyBookie.ag. Do it already. Seth, you have, th- I-, I wanted to do this podcast because you're great, but mostly I just wanted. to to have you on to inject your LSU film study into my veins and get me so fired up that I truly 100% believe they can win. Now all I need is the new LSU hype video, which I'm sure they'll drop tomorrow, and then I can just...
3: it's out, baby.
2: Oh, I need to... I'm going to watch it like six times at work tomorrow, and I'm going to be fucking taking flight. I am ready. (laughs) Andrew, have you changed at all, or are you still going to be... Not believing, because I fucking believe, as Ed Ogeron said, we ain't afraid, we coming. And we ain't backing down. (laughs) Yeah,
4: I I just think Alabama's been so far ahead of LSU the last (laughs) decade. I mean, it hasn't been close. I I think it's closer. I I think we feel better about this loss in the sense that LSU hopefully breaks the 20-point barrier, and we have an enjoyable game to watch where it doesn't feel hopeless, from the first quarter, but I still just I still think LSU is a ways off um, from, from the talent and the coaching quality that Alabama has and again, like I just think defensively, it, it's kind of too bad. It's kind of too bad that LSU didn't figure this offense out and have Joe Brady last year um, because if LSU had the defense they had last year with Devin White, I would have actually felt better about their chances in this one. Uh, But the way they sit now defensively, I I still think Alabama wins and covers. Uh, But I will certainly be, I will
2: hope to be proven wrong. Seth, give us your prediction and then tell the people how to find you and your awesome stuff on the interwebs. Uh,
3: I'm taking LSU on the money line. That's how I'm sold. Okay, no, I, I I I wouldn't go that far, but uh, I I just like I said at the beginning, I I just hope they win, man. It's time. It's just time. They can't lose again. Not with this offense. Not this year. You know, I don't believe in that. You know, team of destiny stuff. But it just feels like it. It just feels like this is finally the year. Even if it's in Tuscaloosa, it just feels like it's the year. So yeah, I'm 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 saying LSU fifty-five. Yeah, fifty-five. Uh, yeah, I love, it. <laughs> oh <my laughs> God, I love it. I love it. I feel like I'm taking crazy throws. I'm hoping, I, I'm hoping I, I don't know if you guys watched a little bit of the uh, Memphis SMU game. Oh, that's Saturday what you last want? Week. <laughs> that's what I want. I just want back and forth. I just want to have fun. And um, like you said, it, it hasn't been fun. This game has I want. been fun. Because by three plays into the game, you're like, okay, we're not moving the ball. It's over. The game's over. I, I want... want to have fun.
2: I want Saban completely defeated in the third quarter. In a sense of, he just I just want him to look out on the field and just have a blank stare and just know that he can't stop LSU. It doesn't mean necessarily that LSU will stop Bama, but it's just up and down, up and down, and deep in his heart, Saban hates that. He hates high scoring football. He really wants it to be six to three, and it can't be. And that's what I want. Um, I want
4: LSU to throw a halfback pass
2: on the first play of the game. Well- Oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna say this. Just a if LSU wins Saturday, I don't even really care the rest of their season. It's a success, and I know that'll drive <laughs> LSU people crazy. I don't care. I just want to fucking beat Alabama. That's what I want. That's so how I
4: feel too.
2: So Seth. Thanks for joining us, guy. We kept you way longer than I said. Guys, check out his stuff. He's amazing. Find him on Twitter. He's a star. Uh, So join us. You should be a patron. We have all kinds of cool new merch that we have. You name it, we make fun of Atlanta. T-shirts, stickers, mugs, name it, do it, sign up. It's amazing. Uh, We will see you on Monday. Go
1: Tigers! The NBA Finals are heating up. There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine.
0: I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, And a broom. A performance enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi professional curler.